welcome to those of you that are here. Thank you for being here. <laughs> and uh, those of you that are joining us online, we welcome you as a part of this service. I, I know it's been a while since I've said this part. I, I know uh, maybe you think that's just sort of a ritual or, or a whatever to say that, but uh, even just these last several weeks, a couple of fresh new testimonies of ways in which people are being pack, impacted by things online that aren't present. And uh, I, I believe that what we know about is only a very small portion. We got a message just a couple of weeks ago from someone who has been watching the uh, Sister Angie's series that she did and grow for overcoming hurts and failures and how much it's been blessing them. And we've got a, we've got a, I, I, I'm not going to go into details right now. I don't think it's, we need to give it a little bit of time, but there's a situation Brother McGurk's working with right now that is unfolding of some folks that started watching us last year during COVID somehow came across us not somebody told them recommended and uh, so I, I just to those of you that are present <laughs> that's not just whatever it really is because beyond what we see God is is working and moving so I realize that it's Father's Day it's not men's day <laughs> but I, I just feel some direction again this evening to preach to the brethren of this church or talk to them. I don't know if it will be preaching or not. And um, so I'm not slighting you ladies. You can amen me and support me and all that. That's fine. But Second Timothy chapter 2. We'll start there and just kind of see where we go. 2 Timothy 2, beginning with verse number 1. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses... The same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who has called him to be a soldier. And if a man also strive for masteries, yet is he not crowned, except he strive lawfully. Going back to verse number 2, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also, the Amplified says, verse number two, this way, and the instructions which you have heard from me, along with many witnesses, transmit 
and entrust as a deposit to reliable and faithful men who will be competent and qualified to teach others also. Lastly, Young's literal translation, which may sound somewhat similar to the King James, but I'll explain to you in a moment why I intentionally have included this translation, and that is, And the things that thou didst hear from me through many witnesses, these things be committing to steadfast men who shall be sufficient also others to teach. I want to talk to you for a little bit tonight by the help of the Lord on faithful men. Faithful men. Lord, thank you for this day, not only as the day we normally set aside to worship you and come together, but this day that we have honored, we honor our fathers. Thank you for this day, this opportunity. And I pray, God, that beyond just this day, what it represents from a natural standpoint, that you would use this opportunity, God, to speak to us as men, to strengthen us, to challenge us for the sake of this church, for the sake of the homes, the families that are represented here, for the sake of your kingdom, Lord. I pray, God, that our hearts would be open to receive the seed of your word tonight, that it might produce in our lives, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I've said several times lately that I think faithfulness is one of the most underrated qualities one of the most overlooked qualities. There's a lot of other things that get our attention. There's a lot of other things that are, in some ways, I guess, a lot more glamorous and appealing than just faithfulness. But it doesn't take much studying of the Word of God to find out that faithfulness is very important to God. A week ago, Friday night, we had young adults at our house, and Sister Angie shared on faithfulness, and I tag-teamed with her, and unplanned, I came back the next morning to our deacons' breakfast and talked to our deacons about it. God is interested in our faithfulness. The word faithful here in the Greek simply means trusty, faithful. Used of persons who show themselves faithful in the transaction of business, the execution of commands, or the discharge of official duties. They show themselves faithful in the transaction of business, the execution of commands, and the discharge of official duties. One of the principles we can find from this verse of what Paul is saying to Timothy is that God intends for there to be an ongoing cycle of passing on what one has. 
What you have, you are not supposed to take with you when you go. To those of you that may be in the latter stages of life, the later years of your life, the, the things that you have, the wisdom and experience you have accumulated, you're not supposed to take it with you. Paul says to Timothy, there are some things I have put in you. I have committed to you. I have entrusted you with. Now I want you to go and do the same thing. The same way in which I have found you and trusted you to be a person I could invest in and that you would take that and do something with it, I want you now to look out for others that you can do the same thing. The, the problem is we, we can become defined by what we do. I know it's Sunday night. I, you'll have to take this however you want to take it. I had a feeling today was going to be a little bit of a challenging day. Because last Sunday was just one of those really good days, man. If every service was like last Sunday morning preaching, I would it, it'd be just awesome. <laughs> I, maybe I, what I feared has come upon me. Not really. Yes, <laughs> yes, brother Mod, it's, that is it. <laughs> Once again, I've done it. <laughs> what was I trying to say before I yes thank you our problem is we can become defined by what we do or by a position or a title sister Joe Strand ministered here several years ago Talked about the fact, really what we are, we're worshipers. That's who you are. Your, your ministry role and position is, doesn't, should not define you. And the reason so many times we don't have a passing on, we have a holding on, is because someone has taken ownership of what God invested in them that was supposed to be passed on to someone else. I, I'm sure we're not the only place in the world that does it this way, but I, I, I love watching the way that our worship team has, has developed over the last while. With It's not one single individual person all the time. It's not someone that is taking, this is my deal. Because I have been given things I didn't deserve. I have been entrusted with things I'm not worthy of. And now it's my responsibility to do the same thing for others that was done to me. So Paul tells Timothy, you've got to find trustworthy people to pass it on to. Men that you can have confidence in them. That the same way in which I entrusted you and you took it and did something with it, they are going to do the same thing. Here's part of the danger. 
When it comes to truth, the telephone game doesn't work. I heard it just last week, I think it was, one of the youth small groups, guys played the telephone game. You know the telephone game. Put a lineup of people up here and you tell the first one a statement, a phrase, and then they tell the next one, and just about every time, when you get to the other end of the line, there may be some similarity, but rarely is what the last person says exactly what the first person says. That's okay in the telephone game. But when it comes to what Paul is talking about with Timothy, what have what I have been entrusted with, I don't have the right to edit it before I give it to the next person. I don't have the right to modify it to a way that I like or is more along with my preferences before I pass it on to the next person. There is a difference between the message and our methods. Our methods may change. The way we do things may change. Perfect example, some of you were here in the 80s when we first started doing small groups at Antioch. Care groups. We don't do them the same exact way in Central as we did them then. And as long as we're trying to abide by the principles of the Word of God, if a method changes, that's okay. But the message is not up for changing. The message is not up to me to modify. And the problem is there's too many people that have been entrusted with something, but they're not faithful and they have presumed the right to modify the message. Paul says, Timothy, I want you to find faithful Men, I wonder how many faithful men there are at Antioch Central that what has been passed down to some and then can be passed down to you, you are going to take that and be a good steward of it. Not tailor it to your preferences, not modify it to your likings, but acknowledge the fact what I have been given, I have been entrusted with, I am not only to protect and preserve and use, but I'm supposed to pass it on in the same manner in which it was given to me. Mars note says there is doubtless to be a succession of ministers in the church, but the true line of succession is to be found in good men who are qualified to teach and who have the spirit of Christ and not merely in those who have been ordained, not merely in those who have been selected for a position, for a role, for a job. The succession is supposed to be by men who prove themselves trustworthy. Paul says it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. 
It's expected of a steward. And you and I are all stewards in a variety of ways. When it comes to ministry, we are stewards. You don't own the ministry that God is using you in. You don't own the position God has called you to. You have, you are merely a steward. You have been entrusted with that. And God is looking for those who are stewards to be found faithful. I've learned through the years. Some of you don't have the opportunity to see some of the behind the scenes. But I've watched for a couple of decades now, Brother Yu, with leadership in Antioch as a whole. I've watched as various leaders have continued to grow and prosper and mature and develop in ministry and be elevated to other positions in ministry that you would consider them, in essence, a promotion. And what the average person is never able to see is that behind the scenes, the faithfulness of those people is absolutely amazing. They're not doing what they're supposed to do one week and then the following week dropping the ball. They're they're not doing what they're supposed to do when it's convenient and works, but they are faithfully executing the the role, the responsibility that God has entrusted to them. And so some sit from an outside perspective and you don't really know all of that behind the scenes and don't understand that what's going on is that God is blessing and rewarding someone for their faithfulness. The story of the master who comes and gives the talents to his servants as he's about to go away. And to one he gives five talents, and to another he gives two talents, and to the last one he gives one talent. And he comes back from his journey, and the guy with five talents now has ten, and the guy with two talents now has four. And the guy with one talent comes and says, you you know, you're a tough man, and I was afraid, and so I just buried what I had, and so I'm giving you back what I had. And he takes the one from the guy who only has one and gives it to the guy who has ten. And he says, from him that has, it's going to be taken. Or to him that hath not. How do you take something from someone who doesn't have anything? In essence, what he's saying there is, if you're not doing something with what you've been given, there is someone that will do something with it. If you're not going to be faithful with what's been entrusted to you, God is going to find someone that can be entrusted with it, and they are going to be faithful to it. things that I've given you, the same commit to faithful men. I told you I read the Young's Living Translation for a specific reason. First of all, I will tell you in full disclosure, if you look up the Greek word here for men, in this particular scenario, it is not necessarily a gender-specific word. It's essentially more about Mankind. But the King James translates it as men. Young's literal translation says steadfast 
men. What's interesting, and I'm going to show you this again in a moment in another place, but you better be careful in your reading of the Word of God to make sure that you don't always just read the enjoyable, fluffy translations. The King James is not the divinely inspired Word of God. Sorry, it's not. (laughs) It is a translation from the original. But it is one of the more accurate translations. And a lot of the newer translations... Take some liberties. And I will tell you one of the liberties that you can find, and I don't know, you may write this off as being no big deal or no, or just a coincidence, but I don't think it is. And that is, again, I, I, this, this verse I'm reading to you right now, and then another one I'm going to go to in a few moments. When you read newer translations, they eliminate the gender word and make it general. So, for example, here, it would, other translations say, basically, that you need to look for faithful people. And while in one context, there's no male and female in the kingdom of God, men are not better than women, men don't have more opportunity than women in the kingdom of God, God calls everyone, male or female. I do think at times there are some principles that have to do a little bit more with gender. And so I don't think it's a coincidence here. I don't think it's just Paul was telling Timothy, I want you to find humans. I think he was intentionally meaning, I want you to find men. And the reason I want you to find men, I don't know how much it was back then, but I'm going to tell you, we're living in a day and time, and it's really nothing new. It's been going on for a while, but there is an attack on masculinity. I'm not sure, I I guess in some ways there's been times in which there's been an attack on femininity, but I personally don't think there's ever been an attack on femininity in the way there's been an attack on masculinity. And so I don't think it's any coincidence in some of these passages that the reference to a man specifically is taken out. Because there are some things about men that God is looking for. There are some characteristics and qualities that God is looking for in men. It was so awesome this morning to see the number of men that came to this altar and filled up this altar. That is a exciting, awesome thing to see. Unfortunately, in too many churches, it's the women that are the more spiritual ones. That's not against the women. The point is the men are not supposed to be riding on the ladies' coattails. God's looking for faithful men who can be entrusted with something. And then they're going to do something with what they've been given. Here's the other verse, 1 Corinthians 16, verse number 19. Paul says this, watch ye, stand fast in the faith. Quit you like men. Be strong. 
The Living Bible says it this way, Keep your eyes open for spiritual danger. Stand true to the Lord. Act like men. Be strong. The Amplified says, Be alert and on your guard. Stand firm in your faith, your conviction, respecting man's relationship to God and divine things, keeping the trust and holy fervor born of faith and a part uh, as a part of and a part of it act like men and be courageous grow in strength again young young's literal translation watch ye stand in the faith be men be strong i meant to include them and i forgot to put them in my notes but again you read newer translations doesn't say in there, act like men. Do you know there's no place in Scripture that tells a woman to act like a woman? In essence, quit you like men is telling men, act like men. There's, uh, I, I, I won't take the time to read the whole passage but in second samuel chapter 10 if you i'm going to read verse 12 but if you start with verse number six get some context here it's it's sort of a similar thing that's being said here as to what paul said verse 12 says be of good courage he's speaking to the men be of good courage and let us play the men for our people and for the cities of our god and the lord do that which seemeth him good doesn't mean play the men as far as fake it. It means to play our part. It means to do what we've been called to do. To be who we've been called to be. Tell you what. Men have, not every male, but there's a lot of men that have a great gift at saying all the right things. That's not a compliment in case you're missing. Man, they know how to talk the talk. They know how to tell you how hungry they are for God. How much they want to be used of God. How much they want God's will and work done in their lives, but they're just not faithful. Talk about it. Talk a good talk. But when it comes to the doing, it's a whole different world. God's not looking for guys that are good talkers. God's not looking for people that can talk a good game. God's looking for faithful men that he can entrust something to. And you are going to be a good steward of what he has given you. There's not a man in this place tonight that God does not have a plan and a purpose for your life. Not one single one of you. Bottom line, I understand all the ladies too, but again, I'm preaching to the men here this evening. There's not one single male in this room tonight that God does not have a plan and a purpose, a significant purpose for your life. No, you may not be called to stand behind a pulpit. You may not be called to go be a missionary in some foreign nation, but you have been called. There is a purpose for your life. You are not waiting on God. God is waiting on you. God is waiting to 
pour out on you what he wants to give you when you will prove that you will be faithful. You know, just showing up is a worthwhile attribute. Just being consistent. Not riding a wave. Talked a little bit yesterday morning in the minister's training class. Started thinking a little bit last week after the message Monday, Sunday night about a few things. But one of the things I started thinking about was, was hunger and obedience. Anybody hungry right now? Anybody hungry? A couple of you honest. Some of you ain't telling the truth. I guess I didn't specifically ask you to respond, so I'll give you. One more, a couple of, how many, how many of you hungry? Yeah. How many of you plan to eat when you go home tonight or go to a restaurant when we get done? Look at that, yeah. What's going to happen when you eat this evening? The hunger is going to go away. I'm well aware, I am well aware that give it a few hours and the hunger's coming back. Forgive me to those of you that were there yesterday morning. I had no intention of bringing this up tonight, but here I am. I get done with Christmas dinner. I get done with Easter dinner. And when I get done, I'm pretty much convinced I will never eat again. I think somebody needs to design dining room table chairs that you can gradually recline as the meal goes on. Because slumping further down in my seat to get pressure off my belly is not the most polite way to sit. Now it's become the ritual, at whether at my parents or at our house for various holidays, there is going to be a break in between dinner and dessert. Used to, we'd just keep stuffing it all in. Now we take a break. And most of the time when dinner is finished, as much as there are desserts that I love and am looking forward to in that moment, I'm kind of wondering if I'm ever even going to eat them. Just give it time. Hunger is going to return. You're going to eat again. Hunger is an absolute key important ingredient. Hear me, please. In our walk with God. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. But hunger, if we're not careful, can be satisfied and we can become content, at least for a season. But obedience, which is better than sacrifice, is not. An appetite-based thing. It is a commitment. And so my obedience says, whether I'm hungry for it or not, I know what God is asking of me. I know what God is requiring of me. I'm not trying to be unkind. I really am not. And 
whatever, but there are people not here this evening because they just were too tired to come. There's a bunch of us this evening that are fairly tired. We had church Thursday night. We had United Leadership Friday night. Some of us were here yesterday morning for minister's training class. We had Antioch United last night. Start started at 6. We didn't get out of service till almost 8.20. Not that's, It was a great service. That's not a negative. Been here this morning and back again tonight. I'm just not really hungry. I got enough this morning. Faithfulness says, obedience says, I know where I'm supposed to be. I know what I need to do. Feelings or no feelings. Desire or no desire. I'm going to be faithful to do what I've been called to do. I didn't expect to get on this so quickly. I told my wife I was going to get on it, but here I am. I am getting so tired of church and ministry and church activities, not activities for the sake of, but I mean, I mean legitimate, important things being what gets bumped in people's schedule. Brother Wright, I'm going to do this, but I can only do it for so long because I got to go do such and such. How come you're not telling such and such you got to do this first and you can't do that until you're done with this? Faithful people, oh, hallelujah, faithful people who have been entrusted and value what they've been entrusted with, execute their responsibilities with faithfulness. God is looking for faithful Men, and there are plenty of faithful men in this congregation. Please don't take that, that that's what this message is tonight. But even those of you that are faithful, every now and then we need to be freshly challenged to be consist, to continue with our faithfulness. That the fact we've been faithful is not good enough. I want to continue to be a good steward of the things that God has entrusted to me, that God will entrust to me. And I, I want you to see something about this verse where Paul says, quit ye like men, act like men. That, that's more than about some kind of, you know, loud burp. Act like men. Let out a belch. Get dirty. Go do something. Go, go shoot something. Go kill. That's not. Because in the context of what this verse is saying, look at what, let's listen again. Watch ye. Stand fast in the faith. Stand fast in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. When it comes to the faith, be strong. Be men. Don't be wavering. Don't be, don't be wishy-washy in your commitment. When it comes to the faith, be strong. Watch ye. For what? Watch for what? 
Watch for compromise that's trying to find its way into your life. Watch for temptation that the enemy is sending your way. Watch for winds of doctrine that are blowing your way. Watch for those things and stand strong. Stand on guard against them for your house if you are the head of a household. If you're single, stand on guard against those things in your life as an individual. Be like a man and be on guard to make sure those things don't find a foothold in your life. Gordon McDonald, he's the guy that wrote uh, Ordering Your Private World with regards to a scriptural perspective on manhood. He says this, manhood is being attacked in two major ways today. Feminism that seeks to eliminate all distinctions and authority and then machoism that defines masculinity outside of the Bible. An analogy called football or gay. Basically, you like sports, hunting, fishing, fast cars, etc., or you're not a man. That is not the biblical definition of manhood. If the biblical definition of being a man is you got to go kill an animal and skin it and all that kind of stuff, then I, I'm not there and I'm not trying to get there. If the biblical definition of manhood is you got to love sports and play sports, I got that one down okay, but a bunch of you could care less about it. That's not what this is talking about. That's not what the Word of God is defining as biblical manhood. And by the way, <laughs> it's amazing how many things pop up you really didn't plan. But it, it, Folks, you better realize... Where things are now is not the it's not the end. It's not it's not good enough. The government allowing same sex marriage that's not enough. That's not enough. Because when you open the door for a spirit of perversion, it's not satisfied. And so everybody's becoming, or the world, hopefully not the church, the world is becoming more and more comfortable with this, with this idea of same-sex marriage and, and, and accepting homosexuality as, a, as an acceptable lifestyle. It's not stopping there. I, I learned a new term as I was preparing for this morning. I shared this, I talked at the table today. I learned a new word when I was studying for this morning, Brother Barr. It's the word thruple. Thruple. A thruple is related to the word couple. Except a couple is two. A thruple is three. I learned that word because a thruple of men adopted children. A thruple. That's why the church has got to stand strong, folks. Well, we'll just give in on here because it'll, you know, we just give in and accept this. No. No. Absolutely not. Absolutely 
not. The same thing goes on a personal level in your lives. The stuff you're trying to, what, it, it, it's really wasn't my focus, but I'll go back. It's great stuff. What does Paul say? Verse number four in Second Timothy two, no man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life so that he may please him who had chosen him to be a soldier. If you're going to be a good soldier of Jesus Christ, you cannot live with the mentality of how much can I get away with? How much can I allow in and it not be too much? That cannot be your mentality because the enemy is never satisfied with the space you give him. God is the same way. God doesn't want to just occupy a part of you. God wants your entire being. He wants you to give everything to him. And the enemy is not satisfied with any less. He's not interested in you just giving him a portion. If you give him a portion, he wants more. Sometimes we stop. How do how do we get here? How do we get here as a how do we get here as a nation? I tell you how we got here: one step at a time. One step of compromise, one step of acceptance, one step of letting down here and letting down there. I I know we got little kids here again. I really do try to be mindful of that. But folks, if you don't get it, where we're heading is pedophilia is going to be. Made to be an acceptable lifestyle. Oh, no. What do you mean? 30 years ago, you wouldn't have thought we'd have been where we are right now. The scary thing is, it's not taken us long, as long as it did with some other things, to take another step. The pace of it has increased, and I think that's understandable because we're living in the last days, and the enemy knows this is his last chance, and he's pulling out all stops, which is the reason why you and I can't try to figure out how to do this thing half-hearted and just try to get by. If the enemy's going all out, surely there ought to be something that rises up inside of us that says, as a soldier of Jesus Christ, someone that's been called. I'm not going to hold anything back. I'm not looking for how I can do this as conveniently and comfortably as possible, but I'm going to give it everything I've got. Faithful, 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 faithful. Faithful men, faithful men. God is looking for faithful trustworthy going to give you this you're going to value it you're going to treasure it you're not going to take half hearted what I've given you you and I, every one of us here this evening I don't care what your background is, I don't care how old you were when you got saved, if you've got more family in church or you're the only one, whatever. Every single one of us in some aspect is benefiting from others. We are living off, in some form or fashion, we are living off of the benefit of some things others have done. Every one of us. 
And for us to ever think that what we have and where we are in any aspect is our doing is so foolish. The reason we're here is because there are things that have been entrusted to us. But now God is looking for us to be faithful with what was entrusted to us. Brother, you took a picture last Sunday night of all those guys across the front. I come across that picture several times now in the past week on Facebook. There, there is so the amount of potential that is represented there is amazing. The pro, you know the problem with potential? If all you ever have is potential... That becomes a problem. Because potential means somebody thinks you can do something you're not doing. And there are some periods of time in which potential is okay. But at some point, your potential ought to decrease. Not because your value's gone down, but because you are now doing the things you had the potential to. Years ago, you had the potential to do this, but now you have developed and matured into doing it. And so you're no longer living with great potential, but you are now operating as a faithful steward of the things that were your potential, but now they've become a reality. Timothy, I want you to find some faithful men. I want you to find some men that are going to be faithful stewards. A double-minded. I'm pretty sure the word man there is probably similar to the word here and not gender specific. But again, in the context of this message, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Some of you young men that were in this altar last Sunday night with all that potential, you got to stop being double-minded. you got to stop being double-minded. You got to stop on Sunday night in the presence of God. You want it. You want, you want to fulfill your calling. But when you get up on Monday morning, it's the natural temporal things of this world that now have your attention. And then it takes next Thursday night or next Sunday to get you back thinking about those things again. You're back and forth between the two worlds that you're trying to live in. If a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways, then it stands to reason that a single-minded man is stable in all his ways. Bishop used as a part of his message last night at Antioch United, he read the verses about Enoch. Enoch walked with God. And God took him. Do you know what, in essence, Enoch's life was about? Simple, 
faithfulness. He consistently, continually walked with God. It wasn't just in spurts. It wasn't just in seasons here and there. And I I preached it the last guy. I'm not talking about we don't go through season of all that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about there's still, no matter what season I'm in, there still should be a consistent faithfulness in my life. No, I may not have the same degree of passion today that I had yesterday. That may be up and down some, but that doesn't change the fact that my walking can still be consistent and steady that I can still be a faithful steward of what God has entrusted to me. Faithful men. Faithful men. To the stand. It's only 7.15 and we're not going to be much longer, but I guess sort of similar to this morning. I want to give, I want to give an appeal this evening to men. Again, I, I said it, I mean it sincerely. There, there are a lot of faithful men. In this room tonight, there's a lot of faithful men a part of this congregation. Some couldn't be here tonight for whatever reasons. This, this tonight is not because nobody's faithful. That's not it at all. There are some of you that, yeah, God's talking to you tonight because you're not very faithful. And I'm not talking about Monday, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Thursday. That's, if you, that's all the faithfulness you're thinking of right now. You've, you've missed the message. Church is only a small portion of the faithfulness. So whether you're someone tonight, if you're being honest with yourself, you'd acknowledge, I am not very faithful. I have not. Faithfulness has not been an attribute of my life, and I want it to be. Or you're here, and you are a faithful person. The bottom line is we don't take it for granted that what I am is what I'm always going to be. We always need to take advantage of opportunities and moments to recommit, rededicate, reconsecrate ourselves to continuing on the path that we are on. So whatever, there's probably other categories we could give, but wherever you fall sort of in those two ends of the spectrum this evening, just for a few moments... I want to invite once again tonight men that are willing to make your way down to this altar as a sign of presenting yourself to the Lord to say, God, I, I want to be a faithful man that you can entrust things to. I want to be a faithful man that what others have can be passed on to me. I, I want to be a faithful man that things can be invested in my life. I want to be a steward that is found to be faithful. In the name of Jesus Christ. Help us to stand firm in our faith tonight. To be the men that you've called us to be. To be the men that your word has instructed us to be, God. 
to be the strength for this congregation that we need to be. In the name of Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus, we want to be found to be faithful, God. There's other attributes we want to have. There's other worthy attributes that can be, we can be classified with. But tonight, God, faithfulness. It's not the most glamorous characteristic to be qualified with. It's not the one that gets the most attention from a human standpoint, but it gets your attention, God. Let us be men that are found faithful. Let us be men that are found faithful, Lord. Not wavering between two worlds, not wavering between two opinions, not double-minded, going back and forth between pursuing the things of the Spirit and pursuing the things of the flesh, living according to your word and then living according to our fleshly desires. Oh, God, help us to be single-minded, Lord, fully, completely submitted to your word. In the name of Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I give you all of me again tonight, God. I recommit to be who you've called me to be, to be what you've called me to be. I want to live for you alone, God. I want to live for you alone, God. I want to be faithful. I want to be found faithful. I want to be found faithful so that you will entrust me with more. Not that you will take away what I have and give it to someone else. I want to be found faithful, God. I want to be found faithful. Faithful to do what you've called. Faithful to use what you've given me. I want to honor you, Lord. I want to honor you. With all my heart, Lord. With all my heart. Not just a part of me. Not just a portion of me. All of me, Jesus. All of me, Jesus. All of me, Jesus. Hallelujah. I give you praise. Some of you are already doing it, brethren, but if you feel too, why don't you join with another brother for a few moments and pray one for another a little bit here. Come on, we're not in this alone. Faithfulness is not something you got to be and do all by yourself. God's given us each other. God's blessed us with each other. In the name of Jesus. I live for you, Lord. I live for you, Lord. Every breath that I take. Every moment I'm awake. Have your way, Lord. Have your way, Lord. Lord, I give you my heart. 
I give you my soul. I want to live for you. I want to live for you alone, Lord. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake, have your way, have your way. Hallelujah. This is my desire. I want to honor you, Jesus. I want to honor you with my faithfulness, Lord. I want to honor you with my faithfulness, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. All I have within me. Oh, I, I give, give you praise. All that I adore, it's in you. Oh, yes. Here I am, Lord. Here I am. part of me again tonight once again tonight I give you every part of me God but not just for tonight I want to give you every part of me tomorrow I want to give you every part of me on Tuesday on Wednesday Thursday Friday Saturday I want to give you all of me I want to be found faithful God I want to be found give faithful, God. My soul. I live for you, Lord. I, I live, live for you, Lord. For you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake. Lord, have your way in me. Lord, I give you my heart. I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake. Have your way. Have your way, Lord. In me, Lord, I give. 